abandoned theme parks, hospitals, shopping malls, aircraft carriers, space shuttles, Aztec temples, plane graveyards, schools, nuclear plants, mansions, lighthouses, gun stations, and Chernobyl. How do you do what you do? <laughs> wow, okay. And you put Chernobyl last, and actually Chernobyl was the first one, first one that I that I did, and it was kind of that that reaction I got from posting uh, pictures on Chernobyl kind of started the whole thing, and I discovered this 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 amazing urbex community. Uh, yes, where do I start? Um, well, first of all. I only kind of pretend I'm 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 the photographer, you know. So like I probably uh, in terms of the guests that you had, you you must have had people who this is like real art to them. And I always feel like I'm I don't even know if if you can call my photography art, you know. Um, I don't think there is like a deep um, sort of message behind it or anything special, really. Like I just go for this. For this wow moment, and um, and at some stage, I decided that I would I would only only focus on those truly exceptional places um, where before I would just post uh, any any crap, you know, just from from a bunch of places. Um, yeah, but where do I start? Basically, um, I um, it's, I mean, this starts really. It's kind of like a little bit sad because. Um, I, I got divorced when I was 32 and I was the guy who be, who would like always be watching the videos or the pictures. Um, and I would be always intrigued by, by the places. I, I had this thing about this theme, uh, uh, post-apocalyptic stuff, uh, whenever there's movies, you know, like the book of Eli, Mad Max the road or the book, the road, like Thomas McCarthy, like, and I don't know what this, what, what it is about, about this theme, but it just uh, drives my imagination to this like weird place. And I absolutely love it. And it's just everything for me. And obviously those, those abandoned places, they, they do recommend, they, they do remind me, remind me about those places. And I, um, I kind of, after the divorce, I just, I just needed to do something else. I just needed to do, to change. And, and yeah, and I was working in a school and there was a guy there, which I mentioned, I mentioned Chernobyl to him. And I basically told him that I always, um, always dream about going to Chernobyl. For me, it was just absolutely, you know, the, the best place on earth to go to like I just I've heard the story and and you know I was born in Poland so I um I used I uh, my mom told me that we used to take those like iron tablets when I was a kid because of what happened in Chernobyl. Um so I was always intrigued about the story about the place but I never found anyone crazy enough to go with me. And <laughs> I don't know it was it was just like I I, it was, I, I don't know. It was like, I feel either scared or whatever. It was preventing me to go by myself. And this guy, um, this guy, um, he, he was like, yeah, it was my dream too. 
And so all of a sudden I met this guy who is absolutely crazy with places like this. Um, so we, we decided, well, not now there's, there's nothing, nothing to stop us really. And, and we went, we went there. Well, if I can jump in there, if I can jump in there, um, I think cool. most people, when they want to, they want to go and try something like Urbex or something that's got a bit of a risk factor, usually they tend to like dip their toe and try something easy. Whereas I would say Chernobyl for most people would be like the place they would want to build up to get to as like the main event. So how, how nervous were you about going somewhere like Chernobyl at such a, with, with, I don't know, with such limited experience, I guess. You know what? I wasn't really, I wasn't really thinking to, I was just the excitement and uh, the excitement and the adrenaline uh, took over. I really uh, thinking too much of it. Um, I knew there is a lot of misconceptions in terms of the radiation and how it works. And I'm not really an expert, but uh, the, it's it's not as bad as everyone is, is, is telling like all those stories about like some crazy mutations and stuff. It's just like made up. Made up. <laughs> You know, the radiation kind of goes goes down in in into the ground with every year. So it's I think now it's about like forty or fifty centimeters in the ground. Like, don't quote me on that, but it is absolutely uh, it's absolutely fine in there. Not all the areas, of course, but uh, around it is absolutely fine. And funny thing about that because when we were there, um, we had this group. There was about about ten of us. And we would be going from like a building to building and I would be always the last one. I would be always the last one to, to leave the building and they would be waiting for me uh, to go to a next place. Right. And you know how you like, if you make, if you make people wait for you, they not, they not necessarily going to be happy. Right. But whenever I would, I would leave, I remember people were commenting and saying, Greg, we can't even be, angry with you for waiting because like you have this such a smile on your face every time we see <laughs> and honestly i was I, I felt like a child on the christmas day every single minute when i was there it it, it just it, it, i don't know what it is i honestly don't know what it is but it, it just it was incredible so what kind of precautions are you taking when you so you pick out a new place that you want to go and see, you, you do your research and where it is. What sort of precautions do you take? Do you have to be careful about who you tell that you're going there? Do you have to kind of create a cover story for when you enter a country? <laughs> oh my god, yes! You know when you when you go to a new country and they ask you for the for the reason for the reason why you enter the country. Um, so if I was telling the truth, I would say, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm coming here to break some laws. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, no, really, I, um, again, it's not really that I, I, I say, I, I would say some sort of cover story or, or anything. I mean, I was very careful when I went to Kazakhstan. Uh, because that was the, that was literally the mission of my life, uh, the, the space shuttle. Uh, so obviously I wouldn't, I, I wasn't, wasn't telling anyone, but then you see most of the times you, you either have, I mean, for me, for me, I mean, I can see what other people are doing and people are traveling with in groups of several people. For me, I, 
always travel either solo or with one other person, really. I mean, I'm just looking back in my head now to see if I was ever traveling with more than two people. I can't, I can't think of a single time. Um, so I really kind of just go in there, do a job. I never enjoy it. I never enjoy when, when I'm doing it because I'm, I'm just too stressed. Um, because I just really want to do it. I just, I don't want to get, I don't want to get caught. I, um, I want to have the good pictures and I've been in so many different situations where the moment you relax, this is, uh, this is going to be your downfall. Like something's going to happen. There's a dog, there's a security guard. Someone's going to chase you, you know? So I don't want to, I don't want to go there and just waste too much time and then regret that, oh, I didn't, I didn't take the picture that I wanted. Um, there are some places that I am just, just, you know, exploding with excitement. But at the same time, I only truly, truly enjoy when I leave and I know I've done the job, you know? Um, but yeah, I don't know if I answer your question. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's perfect. I mean, you, you've brought me on to what I wanted to ask you, which is, uh, you mentioned the space shuttle and, and I've got to say, um, one of the most intimidating things I think I've ever seen in my life. I think it would scare me. Um, do you ever find yourself intimidated by like the history of what you're seeing? The urbex, the abandoned places, and when you put the space stuff with it, I can't control myself. Uh, <laughs> the 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 the, uh, the Buran story with the with the shuttles and the fall of the uh, the the Soviet Union and how they run out of money and all the other things. Uh, involve how this program collapsed and the fact they send this shuttle once and it was successful and they they remotely controlled there was no one there um and like every how everyone believes that the russians stole the stole the schematics from the americans all this stuff um all this story is truly incredible but but kazakhstan uh, that was uh, uh that was something i i have it's, it's been the only place where I truly like train for three months. I pack my bag. I walk around the bay at night every Friday uh, to try to to try to see how it is to have this full bag full of equipment and water and uh, and, and walk walk for this this you know um, amount of time and this length. Um, yeah, Kazakhstan was. Um, was special. There's, there's actually, um, I have a story that I haven't told, uh, to anyone, uh, actually about Kazakhstan. Uh, I don't know if this is something you will be interested in, but I was, I wasn't alone. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there is a guy, there is a guy that everyone knows, uh, called Josh. Um, and he has his YouTube channel. And Josh and I, we were originally planning to go to Kazakhstan. This is this, this was our uh, our mission. Um, and to be honest, there is a guy called Bob 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 Thiessen, uh, and then he has he has a YouTube channel and uh, his Instagram is exploring unbeaten path. And this guy uh, has been my true hero. Um, I uh, you know when he like messaged me for the first time. I was like totally, you know, starstruck because like for me, this guy is a legend. Uh, and he, he was the one that I've heard an article about him, how he went to Kazakhstan way back. 
uh, and I, I I dreamt about this place ever since. This was just absolutely. I think for like for urban people, Kazakhstan is at the top of the list. You know, there's the Hashima Island, there's, there's Fukushima, there's the um, the abandoned city in, in Cyprus, right? There's there's quite a few of the like five you know holy grails, but the but Kazakhstan is I I still believe it's at the top. Um, and and I was supposed to go with him, but but he was traveling in in, in Japan and he. Uh, eventually he canceled on me and I was just basically um, thinking, oh my God, I'm going to have to do this by myself. And I really, really didn't want to do this one by myself. And about a week or maybe five days before I was actually flying, um, this guy on Instagram, this guy from America contacted me and says that he would like to go. He at some stage he would like to go because he heard about me from some Facebook group. So it was like I don't know how that happened that he just you know I I don't know exactly know but it was kind of like a fake. Um, and I told him wait um, where do you want to go and he was he didn't really have a time frame but I told him that I you know I'm going next week and I was talking to him and. Eventually, uh, somehow I convinced him to to just to just go for it, you know, that this is one time in your lifetime thing, and 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 go for it. And to my surprise, he decided to go. And <laughs> I think that was my first mistake that I just went with completely a random person uh, <laughs> exploring. And you know, because I was doing what I was doing for the last three months, I was I was genuine training where before I never never train for any anything really i just you know trying to keep in, in, in shape so i can run that's really what it is you know <laughs> <laughs> um uh so um but but this time around i really trained because i knew that it wasn't the hike through the desert that's gonna kill you because people say like oh you know you're just gonna walk right what's the big thing but it's the bag the bag is is the killer, you know, uh, the the heavy back, you know, you, you strap in your, 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 uh, your back is absolutely killing you. So um, that's the, that's the, that's the biggest, uh, biggest problem. And so I, I asked him questions and, and he, he said everything that I wanted to hear, but the reality was completely different. Um, he, uh, there was some issue with his bag. He like lost his bag. He didn't have a sleeping bag. He didn't have a like sleeping mat. And I knew that we will be sleeping on the floor when we get there, if we get there. Um, he, the way he was wearing a bag, it was like on one arm. And I, and, and, and the way he was drinking his water, I felt like he's going to drink the whole water on, on his way. Well, you know, I just, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm just like, I'm complaining about the guy because honestly, uh, I would probably make the same choice just to not to be alone. And, but the cut, cut the long story short, we went, um, uh, it was, it was super difficult. He, he damaged his, his leg. His one of his like knees just gave up. Um, then we spent the two days on, uh, in, in, in those hangars. Uh, and on the way back, he couldn't make it. He couldn't. He couldn't go back. He didn't have enough strength to go back, and he just wanted to be caught. 
uh, he wanted to um, to be picked up by the patrol because like there are patrols, the random patrols uh, at night. I was in a situation where I was walking and um, and I it was I was just so lucky that I turned around and I saw the the beam of light behind me and I just literally threw myself to a ditch and avoid being spotted at one one point. Uh, but but he he drank all his water and I only had like a half a liter left and he was asking me, you know, um, about that and which I felt it wasn't fair. Um, and when we were there, you know, he was asking me if he can use my, 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 um, my sleeping bag or my sleeping mat. And I was just, again, I was like, I was like, you know, I didn't want to be a dick, but at the same time, you know, I'm not his father, you know, I'm not, this is not someone that I, I'm, I'm uh, responsible for. It's not like a tool. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a tour guy. We both here uh, are two strangers that just kind of right. walking to get to, to this place. And I just, and just, he made me feel that I'm somehow responsible for him, which wasn't the deal. And I wasn't, I wasn't planning to be caught. You know, I had my pictures and I, I, it was the last thing I wanted to do, you know, to, to, to be caught and to be, um, to all my stuff to be taken away. Um, yeah. and, and we just kind of had this, this big falling out, um, in the middle of the desert at like 2 a.m. in the morning. And, um, and he would basically what, what happened is he would, he would be walking and stopping and he wouldn't tell me. And there was, we were walking at night, so I wouldn't know. And obviously the, the desert, uh, you know, uh, you would think it's quiet, but there is crickets, insects, stuff. So like it's, it's pretty, and then you're walking. And I had those, I found like those thermal blankets uh, and it was super cold. This is one thing that I, I really underestimated. This was, this was October, beginning of October, and it was really cold that night. Night was absolutely crazy cold. So I, I, some explorers, previous people who were there, uh, left some thermal blankets and I wrapped them around my my uh, my arms and my legs. So when I was walking, I was making noise. I was like, shh, 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 you know. And so he would just stop and he wouldn't tell me that he was stopping. Obviously, because like he was struggling with this leg. Um, and I was just like, man, just, just tell me that you're stopping because like I turn around and then I can't see you. And at some stage we had this big argument about, about, um, about the fact that, you know, I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna leave you behind because I didn't want to leave him behind. And then he was like, no, leave me, leave me. And I just felt like, you know, what, what, you know, him asking to leave me behind was almost you know, I just—I was just thinking, like, what if something happened to this guy? On one 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 part, I'm like, obviously, I'm not responsible for him. He's some stranger. But then, like, I was just thinking, like, even like from the like a law, like from like some sort of point of view, would I be liable? Ah, I can't even pronounce it. Like, would I would like if, if something happened to him? Um, like, what would happen to me? Yeah. Uh, uh, in that case, you know, and so for him to. Um, to do this, I just felt like it was really, really unfair. And, uh, and, but eventually just, just what happened was, um, I turned around 
and he wasn't there anymore. And I just, I couldn't find him. And I was obviously like, I, I couldn't like shout, uh, because we were, uh, we were walking around There's this spot in Kazakhstan called Gagarin spot or Gagarin, something Gagarin. And even though it's a desert and, you know, the base is act, it's an active base and they have lamplight there and the light, the light just goes on in, in the desert. It just goes on forever. So even though it's, it's, it's dark there, you can just feel the light everywhere and you just feel that tension of that you can be spotted anywhere. So I couldn't, I couldn't just like shout, but I was just like, you know, saying his name, saying his name, thinking that he wouldn't, he would hear me, but, but he didn't, he didn't. And I, and you know, I was trying to go back a little bit, but I couldn't find him. And, and I just had to make it, I just had to make a decision. Like, what do I do? So I, I just carry on walking. And, you know, because you see, the other thing is like, you don't have any signal. So all I have is just a blank, blank map. Um, and this blue dot on the, on the map, on my phone. And because I studied this map so, so much, like I could, I could just, you know, I, my, it wasn't even a satellite mode. It was just one of those like Google maps where you just see the roads, but in the desert, you just see the, the yellow path, you know? Yeah. Um, so I could just follow that to, to the, to where I needed to be. So I knew exactly where I need to go because I studied the map so hard, but to find him, it was, it was impossible. And, um, and he got caught and, um, and, uh, and eventually he got released and I met him at the airport and I just said, I'm happy you, 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 you are safe, but that was it really. And I lost a lot of, a lot of good stuff because it was on his camera. Like I have this awesome video of me, uh, climbing on top of the, up, off top of the Buran and going through. And I'm never going to see that again because he has that. Um, yeah. yeah, but I just, you see, I don't know how I would judge my own behavior in that situation, but I genuinely, I, I couldn't do anything more. Yeah. When I got, when I got back, I got, you know, I had this phone number, but my phone, my, he was, he had the American number. I, I tried to, I tried to call him, but I couldn't, like, there was no signal. I, I couldn't call him. All my text messages, uh, I had a message that they, they would, they would not deliver. And I just posted his phone number on Instagram and I'm like, start getting people to like call him and uh, find out, uh, like if he was alive and everything like, because like the moment I get into the, the civilization, I, this is what I did. And, and eventually like some people got to him, I got the message that he replied to them, that he's safe. So I was like, okay, that's fine. I'm glad he's safe. But as a, as a someone that I can have any sort of relation with, uh, we were done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he sounds like a real, um, sounds like he really wasn't prepared at all for what he was getting into. No, no, but he had, he was definitely selling it to me. 
Yeah. I mean, the problem there, obviously, having never done what you do, I, I, I can't speak from experience, but it just sounds like if you're going to be traveling with someone else, you have to be almost twice as prepared so that you don't let them down. Because you're, although you're not responsible for each other, if you create a problem, that it becomes a problem for the people that you're with. And it's not really a situation where, like you said, you can't just like shout out for help or you can't call the police or something because that's exactly what you're trying to avoid in the first place. So you need to be um, almost overly conscious of who you're with and make sure that you're not going to cause them a problem. And if everyone did that, then there wouldn't be issues like you had. Yeah. And you know what? I just kind of want a little bit like balance things a little bit because, because I just don't, I don't want to like crap all over this guy because to be honest, like because of him, um, uh, very early, maybe three hours in, um, he was a major factor in one decision that was probably a one that made us, made us successful in the first place because we noticed uh, a person with a dog in the desert. And this was clearly uh, some sort of patrol guy. And, and where, and you know, they have like dirt roads in there. So those Jeeps, those like patrol Jeeps can, can travel through them. And I was determined to just walk, um, walk through those, through those roads. And I really, I just couldn't believe that there would be people in there. Um, so I just felt like, oh, maybe this is just like a guy with a dog, you know, he was just all in black, um, which was a little bit suspicious. And then, and then the way, and so he made, he, he convinced me that we should get off the road and just go deep into the, into the desert. And, and that was really good, good decision. Uh, so like, I would be grateful to him, uh, for that. and. Honestly, regardless, like I, I had someone to talk to. So yeah, even though, even, even though, even though he, he would, he would, uh, you know, uh, cause me all this stress and, and, and annoy me because he wasn't prepared, but he did, he did in the other ways, uh, you know, help me out. I mean, before we got started with the recording, you mentioned, um, I mean, you're currently in China and you've been to North Korea. Um, what I've got to ask because North Korea, especially in England, it's sort of shown to us as this like terrifying country that you, you can't get into. And if you do, you never get out. What's North Korea like from your perspective? <laughs> yes. So you see, you see, um, when I was living in, in England, um, or previously in Europe, uh, I, I would, I would read some, some books about uh, like Korean defectors. And, uh, um, there was, uh, in London, there's this guy called Gary uh, Glendening and he organizes, uh, North Korean, like talks there. He has this woman who described his, he, she described her, her, her life, how she managed to escape. And I attended one of those talks in London and, and I was just blown away. Again, it just, this is the, the day that I felt like this, this utopian society, it just absolutely drives my imagination, this type of, this type of, uh, places. So when I, when I, uh, obviously went to China uh, to work, uh, I, I felt like I'm so close. So this is like my time. Like I would never have 
another chance to go to North Korea. And I started started uh, looking into it, and I quickly realized that a lot of Chinese people, especially the older generation, they go to North Korea for tours. And for them, it's almost like um, like going back in time because uh, to the people that I was talking to, um, and I was the only like the only uh, a foreigner in my in my group. You know, there was like twenty Chinese guys or thirty Chinese guys, and and it was just me. And I had I suffered because of this, but that's just just that in a moment. Um, so I um, um, uh, I discovered that for them is it going back in time because for them seeing North Korea is like seeing China in, in 60s or 70s. Right. It's like a sentimental trip almost. Um, and what's North Korea like? For a photographer, it's the most frustrating place on the planet because you literally cannot do anything that you want, but the potential is Oh my God, the potential is incredible. Whenever I talk about North Korea, I say the moment the regime collapses, I will take a, a week, uh, like a, a, I would fake that I'm sick. I'll take a week off and I'm flying the next day. Uh, because uh, honestly, in terms of the potential, the places, the monuments, the, the, just the whole atmosphere in there, it's absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. I was mesmerized. But at the same time, I had this uh, quotation, quotation tour guide uh, next to me. And you see, because I was the only one who was speaking English in my, in my group, the previously mentioned uh, 30 Chinese people, they got the one tour guide that would yeah. be talking to them in Chinese, and I got my own one that would be talking in English to me. So, so I had this guy pretty much with me all the time. And I would, be, I would even try to cross the street to take a picture of this building because I didn't want those, like there was a tram cables in a way. And I would, can I just cross, like, can I cross the street so I can take a picture of the building without the cables in, in, in a way? And they wouldn't let me. And they would produce ridiculous, ridiculous reasons, you know. <laughs> um, and they would say things like, oh, we don't want you to get lost. Um, and I said, yeah, but guys, you know, I'm, I'm 35, <laughs> you know. I'm not, I'm not a five-year-old kid. And they would say, yeah. like, but you don't, have a, you don't have a passport with you. Like, what's going to happen if you get lost? And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, you guys, you guys took my passport. She's like, you give me the passport back, I'll be fine. Um, yeah, it's it's really frustrating. It's really frustrating. They really don't want to. Um, uh, they want. Don't, they just really want to show you uh, what they want, and they, what they show you is crap. Yeah, absolutely uh, ridiculous stuff. Um, they take you to like a museum with some paintings of, of 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 tigers, or they take you to the library and and they talk about the the amount of uh, facts they they give you is just uh, uh, really ridiculous. Like the date, the, how much money they spend on it, just absolutely boring stuff. Um, uh, so all of that stuff is really frustrating. Uh, uh, and I, I, 
when I left, I made this video on, on Instagram talking about it. And I, I honestly, I don't recommend it. <laughs> I mean, for experience, I wanted to experience the propaganda tool because I genuinely felt like, is this a Truman show? Is this where I'm going? <laughs> that's what I, that's what I wanted to know. But, um, and I did experience this, this propaganda tool and it was really frustrating. And, and I guess I, I got what I wanted, but at the same time, it was really painful. Um, yeah. What's been the most um, difficult place for you to access? Mm, uh, you know, in, in, in Bulgaria, uh, there is this UFO building on top of the, top of the mountain called Buzluja. I think that's how you pronounce it. And... And this was this one was difficult uh, because when I arrived, I arrived there with this guy, and uh, he was telling me how they they sealed the entrance, and then Greg, don't get your hopes up, you're not gonna get inside. Um, and and for me, you know, I I just I just uh, this was one of those places where. I have a couple of those places where the moment I find them out, um, I, I cannot wait. So I remember, I, I think it was my brother who, who sent me, um, um, this was like my early days. He sent me a link to this place on Monday. And on Saturday, I was flying to Bulgaria. Wow. Um, yeah, because it, it just, it was incredible. And they have this mosaic and they have the, the hammer and the sickle in the, on the ceiling. It's just absolutely incredible. So, and there was absolutely no way for me not to go inside. Uh, uh, so I just refuse. I just refuse to, uh, to, to give up when, I, when, I'm, when I'm somewhere. Which doesn't mean that I'm successful everywhere, but I, I, would, I would certainly do my best to, to get in. When I went there, I quickly noticed that they put a security booth right outside. And it was pretty windy, pretty cold. And this guy told me that there was a hole in the ground somewhere. And he, we were walking around and he showed me, okay, this is the place that we used to go through. Um, and, and it was now sealed and the security booth was like two meters next to it. So like, so it was absolutely, there was no way. Right. But then we tried to figure out like, how are we going to do this? Um, so first of all, like check the perimeter, right? So I would walk around and in the places like this, what you do is you look for something that looks unusual. Um, and as I was walking around it, literally behind the building, I noticed there was a bunch of rocks like piled up on, on top of each other. And I, I said to the guy, I said, like, this is it. This is 100%. This is it. Um, so what we did, oh, we were lucky as well. We went back and we noticed what was the security guy doing. He would walk out of his booth. He must have been bored out of his mind to be there in like this isolated place. There's like literally nothing here. You were talking about the mountain and the building, right? And, um, and, uh, he would, we would basically put our tripod like on the edge of the building. 
he would come out from his booth and he would notice that we are still there on the edge. He would see the tripod. He would see my, my friend and he would be like, oh, okay, those guys are still there. So then he would come back to his booth for maybe 10, five, 10 minutes, right? And then he would do the same. Oh, right. they are still there. Okay, fine. And we'll come back. But so what my friend did, he, he stayed and he was just talking, but he was talking to himself because at the same time I went around the building, I removed the, I removed the, the, the stones. And as I was removing the stones, I noticed some, some random guy was kind of running towards me. And there was this, this American kid who just came at the same time. So I told him like, Hey, do you want to go inside? And, and then, so we, we did. And basically what it was, we removed the stone. We jumped to this hole in the ground and someone must have smashed the window, the, the, the wall in front of us. So we were in the hole in front of us. There was a wall and there was a hole in the wall that someone must have smashed. And then there was about four meter drop to the basement. And I had this massive flashlight with me. So I, uh, I, 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 um, uh, the guy was holding the flashlight and I basically jumped, uh, this four meters and I damaged my foot, but I actually only realized that it was damaged when I was going back in the car because like the adrenaline right. at the, at the it just prevented me from, from like uh, feeling any pain. Yeah. So I, um, uh, and, and to be honest, when I saw this jump, like when I saw this, this, this about four meters jump, I genuinely was thinking to myself, if I was there by myself, I wouldn't do it because how would I get out? Yeah. But the moment this guy turned up, I was thinking to myself, I don't care anymore because even if I cannot get out, I'm there with someone. So like all of a sudden that's okay for me. <laughs> so, um, uh, he, um, 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 he kind of jumped as well. And, um, and we, we, we went in, we explored inside. We stayed there for about 20 minutes. I have this really cool picture, uh, that I'm so proud of, uh, when I was there. And, uh, yeah, this was, it was incredible. The mosaic on the walls and this like old communism, uh, type of architecture and, and, um, the, 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 the Soviet art, oh, I'm just, you know, this old like imperialism, um, incredible, absolutely incredible. And then we, we, um, like at some stage we had to like crawl, uh, through the mud on the floor because someone broke the side of the door. You know, the door was sealed, but someone like bent the side of the door. Um, mm -hmm. So we were like all dirty and everything. Um, the way out was actually quite interesting. I managed to collect some wood, some pieces of planks, and I put them against the wall. And then I noticed there was a piece of metal sticking out from the wall that I previously somehow missed. So what I managed to do is to uh, just run uh, and jump off the, um, off those planks and uh, catch the metal piece and pull myself up. And once I was on this metal piece, 
And he did the same. I gave him a hand and I helped him out because he was kind of smaller. So like I managed to kind of lift him up and he went up Then he helped me out and we, we got out. Um, and then we, we, we put the stones back in, walked around, said hi to the security guy. And then we left and the guy had no idea what that we were inside. <laughs> and that was, yeah, that was that was amazing for me. Like when things like this happen, where there is a security and he doesn't know, uh, it's just brilliant. Mission mission accomplished. Um, very quickly, I obviously don't want to um, keep too much of your time. I've got a couple of questions left. Um, have you ever been caught? Oh, yeah. Twice. Um, I was caught once. Uh, and, and honestly... The reason I was called because I was stupid, like, and it's so cliche. Um, and it's like, I'm always super careful, so careful. And, um, I, in, I was called once in England, but you know, in England, it's, uh, yeah, it's funny enough that I say this about the, the police in the times that we are in. Right. But I always felt that in, uh, in England, um, Obviously, I'm talking about from my perspective, you can always talk to the police and right. uh, you can always read with, with, with them. Uh, uh, you know, I, I kind of like hear myself saying this in, in current times, I know, but uh, I remember I was, I went to this like um, old person, old, old people home that was recently abandoned. And I found an article online there was some sort of abuse. Nurses were abusing the, the patients and because of that, they closed this place and, um, and I went there and I just genuinely drove way up. Like I was on the way to a different location and I had very limited information about this place uh, because I only had this article. So I was going there hoping that it would be abandoned. But I had no idea that it would be. And when I, so I was, um, I drove my car and I left the car right outside and I, and I, I thought for some reason, I just, uh, I was just, um, so surprised and happy that I found it. And it was cause I climbed on top of the window and I looked through the broken window and I saw this, um, I saw the, 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 um, the pool table and, uh, so many, uh, furniture inside and everything was kind of like broken and, and smashed and everything. I just, and I was, my imagination was going, uh, uh, off the roof. Like I was like thinking to myself, Oh my God, that the picture is going to be amazing from this place. And, um, and, but what I didn't realize that this was a private property and there was another house nearby and someone saw us driving going through that broken window uh, on that, I think it was like second floor or something. It was really tricky because literally you could have cut yourself on that window. So like it was really difficult to go inside. Um, and I was there with this, with this girl and I, you know, I really wanted her to go uh, inside as well. So I was kind of helping her and I was trying not to fall down. And eventually we just heard the police calling us from, from outside. And, but then, you know, I, I, we, I, I've never, I, I, I have no records. So like they run my place, they run, they, I, they show them, I show them my ID, everything. And they, all my stories that everything that I said checked out, they were just thinking, they were just asking me if I smashed the windows or not. 
which I didn't because I always kind of take the picture of the place before I go in. So I took the picture. Obviously, there was a time on the picture. So I showed them that. Um, she, I think what helped is because she's uh, she was an, a, a, a nude uh, model. So she had like a lot of nude pictures on there. So when she showed <laughs> Instagram, the, the reaction of the two police officers, they were like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> what's this? Uh, <laughs> so they were, they almost like didn't know how to, what to do with us. So the, I, and eventually they, 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 they just cautions us and say that this is dangerous. You shouldn't be doing this. And, um, and they let us go. So that was fine. The, the second time I was caught was last year. And this was literally uh, the scariest moment of my life. I thought that this was my last day in China because I have discovered something in China uh, that I, well, you see, I don't necessarily want to um, say too much detail about this. Um, That's okay. This has... This has to do with military. Uh, this is like this army kind of stuff. And it's something that I shouldn't, shouldn't discover. And certainly I shouldn't be flying my drone over, over this place. And, um, and I was, I was taken by the, 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 the it was, it was actually uh, national security and I was interrogated for, for 10 hours. Uh, but, but thankfully all of my phone and all of my laptop, I like, all I have is just evidence of what I do. So whatever I was telling them, uh, you know, I had, you know, I, they, they could see that I'm telling the truth. Uh, but you know, but they took my, they took my drone. Uh, they took my, my SD card from the drone and, uh, yeah. Kind of lost that, <laughs> but that was scary. That was genuinely. I, I I honestly felt that I would um that would be my last day playing China. I'll be on the flight on next next day. Next day I'll be on the on the flight back back to London. It must be extremely difficult to be able to photograph these places because, like you said earlier, you're so focused on making sure that you're safe and you're taking taking precautions with security and stuff that you don't really have time to to relax yourself into looking properly at what you're photographing. Um, is that something that really frustrates you? Oh, oh, you, you hit the nail on the head. Um, it, exactly. This is, this is, this is one of those things. I, um, uh, sometimes you just, you just don't have time and you see a picture, you see a potential for me. It's like, I just, I go in and then I, I the, the picture is in my head. Or sometimes when I research the place, I already know what type of picture I, I, I'm going to have. Um, sometimes you, 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 you stumble across, across something that, that's incredible. So you're not really prepared. Uh, but, but yes, it's absolutely true. Uh, sometimes I, I leave the place, I check through my pictures, and I'm just like so angry, so angry <laughs> because... I just don't like it. I just don't like it. I honestly, when I come, when it comes to my pictures, I, on on, I probably like on on one of, one of my hands, I could count the pictures I really like um, that I'm I'm kind of proud of. But but most, I I just I, I, the reason I don't like them because I knew I know what it could have been. Yeah. Yeah. 
As far as me being completely unaware of how this this world that you're working in works, what are like the unwritten rules of doing urbex or visiting abandoned places? Are there are there rules that you kind of abide by that you want everyone else to abide by in terms of like maybe not taking stuff or not breaking stuff, things like that? You know, when I when when you invited me for for this, I um I kind of genuinely I was hoping you would ask that. Um, this is something that uh, that's really um, uh, yeah. You know, I always say like even pirates had the code. Uh, so yeah, there are an unwritten rules of of this community, and they frustrate the hell out of me when people break them. Um, I every picture I post, I I have this little disclaimer that I, I say that I don't share locations. And every day I've been, I'm, I'm, someone is asking me where it is. Um, right. And I totally understand this. I totally understand this because when someone else posts a picture of some place that I really want to go and I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, wow, that's incredible. Where is it? It's naturally, that's naturally well what you want to, what you want to know. So I totally understand this and I don't blame people for asking. Uh, I just would respect if people, um, uh, if you, if, if people were, you know, respect me back when I say to them, I'm sorry, but I don't talk about the, the locations. And, you know, um, the thing is in England, I have experienced this uh, just way too many times. Uh, the moment the place is known to, to others. You know, the, the kids will go in there, they would tag the place, they would set fires, they would just ruin the place. So, yeah. uh, and I, that, that's, it, that, that's the reason I, I really don't want to talk about the places where, where they are, because I do not want to advertise um, where, where they are. And the people who are doing what I do, they would find them. We we all have our ways of of finding the place. You you spend you spend ages uh, researching, and you eventually will find it. So if you have enough determination, you would find it. But I just don't want to. Um, I don't want to make it easy for for people. You know. But is it is it the case though that is it the case that the people that just want to ask where something is just so they can go straight there without having to put in the work and the research are probably the ones that are most likely to disrespect the place that they're visiting. And the ones that do all of the hard work and the research are more likely to respect the place and not damage it. Yeah, that, that prob- you're probably right. You're probably right. And, and, exa- and exactly like that. It's, it's, all about, it's all about the effort and, 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 uh, and, and finding, uh, in finding the places. I mean, you know, like I recently I was posting a place from from this abandoned water park, it took me six months to find it. Um, you know, it's it's not it's not something that's just uh, super easy. And I also always ask people, like, you know, when you were in school, did you also like copy the homework from from someone else? <laughs> <laughs> you you know, like um, I like I just feel like I've done all this homework, and then all of a sudden the guy comes in and, and does all the you know, I copy all the all my math math homework that I, I, I spent ages doing. Um, so yeah, um, um, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about locations. The other thing is the taking stuff and destroying stuff. I, I, 
I, that's this is this is one big big rule because you know when you get when you get um, because you so we go to a place where we're not supposed to right so um, at least uh, respect the fact like you're already doing something wrong um, mm-hmm. in a way so why should you even do some you know even do something more like that you know I don't. I've never taken anything from any place and I never wanted. Um, there was in, in Kazakhstan, in, uh, in one of the rooms, there were a bunch of blueprints. And this is the first time where for me, it crossed my mind that if I somehow, there was a blueprint of the, of the shuttle, you know, I, I don't know, but <laughs> because I wasn't, because, because there wasn't, because there wasn't, um, but if there was a blueprint of, of a shuttle, oh, it would be really difficult not to take it. <laughs> but, um, um, but in terms of the other, uh, other locations, uh, no, no, just don't take stuff. Don't tag, don't destroy. It. Um, just take pictures, you know, that's what we're doing. That's why we're going there. We, we take pictures, we take videos and, uh, and, and, and we share them. And I think that's enough. I mean, it's such a big community now. I see so many uh, channels on YouTube that are dedicated to Urbex and so many accounts on Instagram. Why do you think it is becoming so popular? Uh, it's an interesting question. I think it's that mixture of, like, it's almost like this forbidden fruit. You know, I, um, you know, when I'm, I'm thinking how to answer this question. When I uh, take people to go with me, and I very rarely go with other urbex people. I would go with a friend, uh, yeah, friend. Um, and, and many times they would be reluctant to go or they would be scared to go. But, you know, when we leave the place, when we are done, it's like, for them, it's like, this is so unusual. This is something that uh, it's not just normal event. Um, so this will stay with them for the rest of their life. Like I've done this. Like I took my friends and we we went to this um, we went to this ship that I found, and we dragged this metal piece from the uh, from the uh, from the shore because I bought uh, a rope ladder, and I thought if I swing this ladder and attach it, uh, I would be okay to climb on top of the ship. And the ladder kind of collapsed under my weight. <laughs> and then, but we were refused to, 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 um, to, um, to give up. And we dragged this metal structure from, from the shore and it was so heavy. And it took us about like half an hour to drag this thing. We would just, we would move like about 30 centimeters and drop it, move 30 centimeters and drop it. Now we, it, it took forever, but then we managed to climb. But you know, for him to do this, it was just like ex- amazing, ex- incredible experience. And I think people see this in those places. People see that this is, those are forbidden, forbidden places. and and they are like just so unique, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think we're pretty much. Why, sorry, go on. No, no. I just think maybe that's why. That's why. Um, 
uh, that's why people like, people are genuinely curious, right? Like when you, when you, I was always the kid that if I was walking uh, on the street and there was uh, some sort of big fence, my mind was always thinking like what's behind the fence. Right. Well, I started this off by talking about the various places that you've been to from just following through your feed, the theme parks, hospitals, shopping malls, aircraft carriers, space shuttles, Aztec temples, plane graveyards, schools, nuclear plants, mansions, lighthouses, gun stations. And obviously I, I, I personally grew up with an obsession with Chernobyl, the history of Chernobyl. I'm very fascinated by um, Soviet Russia and the Eastern state and so on. Um, out of all of the places that you've been to, and I don't mean specifically, but just in general, do you prefer the places that are like the hospitals or the nuclear plants? Do you prefer the grave, uh, the the plane graveyards? What's your favorite type of place to visit? I'm not sure I have a favorite. You know, I mean, I do like planes. Well, if there's anything space related, you right. know, I discovered this rocket, this 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 um, a, a long march rocket, this Chinese rocket. Um, uh, I did some theme parks where they had like a fake space shuttle. Um, obviously the Kazakhstan, anything that has, has, um, has rockets would probably be my, my, my favorite one. Yeah. And there is, there is, I mean, (laughs) there is one place I'm I, I, like, I'm really sorry. I probably shouldn't mention this, but there is this one place uh, that I, I would say would be, would be, would be one of my favorites, but I can't talk about it <laughs> because I live here. And, right. um, and you know, um, they would, they would find me and I would be out. Um, but one day, one day when I, when I take a job somewhere else, um, I will, I will release those pictures and, and post them. Uh, and then you will know what I'm talking about. But I, um, yeah, at, at this, at this moment, I can't, I can't talk about, <laughs> but there is, there is, there is this one, one super special place. Uh, but in terms of like in general, in terms of general, like, is it hospitals or is it the theme parks? I really don't. I really don't don't have a favorite. I think you've left us with the perfect mystery um, to end this on. Uh, what we always try and do on this podcast is make sure that people know where they can go and see the photos of all the amazing places that you've been to. So, where's the best place for people to find what you do? Well, I only do Instagram um, because mainly I started Instagram because my dream was always to publish um, a photo book, and I was thinking to myself, if I can get to hundred thousand. Uh, then I, that would be like my favorite, like my, 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 my best place to kind of advertise the book. And I'm, I'm getting there. And, uh, yeah, so Instagram, I, um, I'm the, the handle is Greg Abandoned and that's where you can, you can find my crazy pictures. Greg, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about this. This has been absolutely fascinating. I'm, um, I'm ridiculously jealous of some of the places that you've been to for sure. Oh, it's been a pleasure. 